Thank you for tuning in to the Far Better Podcast, a work of Scattered Abroad, which is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. In this podcast, we seek to please God now, so our eternity is far better. Here is your host, Michael Clark. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Far Better Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Clark. And this season has been entitled A Christian and Crohn's. Um, if you know anything about me and if you've been listening to this season so far, you know that I'm kind of detailing my journey through uh, the diagnosis that I got back in 2015 with Crohn's disease and kind of the story about what happened. And we talked last week about me being on my latest research study, Rizinkizumad or Rizkizumad, as I mentioned, doesn't really matter to me how you pronounce it. And I did something wrong. And I'm going to be correcting that in this episode today. Uh, you might have thought, well, I thought we were studying Psalm 27. Well, we were. And I made the mistake of looking at the wrong scripture. Not that it didn't apply to what we were talking about, but Psalm 23 and verse 4 was not for that particular episode, but it worked nonetheless. But today, in addition to the scripture I had selected, we're going to look at Psalm 27, verses 11 through 14, like I promised. And so, uh, sorry about that, but hey, uh, nobody's perfect or nobody's perfect, you know, whatever you want to say. And so uh, I appreciate you sticking with me through this. I mentioned last week that I had started this new study and there was not a complete understanding of whether or not I would be put on the real drug or on a placebo. And so yet again, much like Phil Gottenib, I started to notice some good differences and I started to feel great. And I told Megan, I said, you know, hey, I'm, I'm feeling better than I felt in a long time. And then I woke up one morning and I was in some of the most intense pain I've ever been in in my life. Um, I told Megan immediately we were going to go to the hospital. And I, I, it, the first hospital visit that I had, I tried to fight it and I tried to act like, hey, I don't have to worry. I don't need to go. I'm just going to kind of do my own thing and this this will subside. This will pass. This time, it was immediate. We're going to the hospital right now. And we got into the hospital and I go through the little waiting period of getting back there. And I'm finally in my room. And much like the first time, I was in so much pain that I decided this particular time I wasn't going to ask for the smallest dose of medicine that I could get. And I immediately started to ask. I said, I need something for pain. And I'm, I'm not necessarily a guy that likes to take pain meds or anything of that nature or even, you know, enjoys taking the hard stuff. But when I tell you that I was given morphine that day and it didn't really make a dent, I I just did not feel like it was helping at all. I mean, I had a, a quick reaction that felt like I was, you know, not having as much pain going through, and then immediately it would come right back. But I wanted to avoid Dilaudid because I'd heard so many horror stories about Crohn's patients and Dilaudid that it was a very addictive drug, and I don't want to get involved in any of that mess. And so I said, you know, the first things out of my mouth, I need morphine. I need medicine. I do not feel good. And they were saying, well, we, we need to make sure that you can take that with your research study and that everything's going to be okay. And I'm not necessarily the best patient because I called my research nurse and put her on speaker and said, hey, I'm in the hospital right now. I don't feel good at all. Can I get some morphine? Are you okay with that? 
And she said, uh, yeah, if you're really in that much pain, you should probably go ahead and get some. And so I hung up and I looked at the nurse that was in the room and I said, she says it's cool. And so I was not feeling well at all, not one bit. And they give me the medication and it didn't really help much. And so I got to go home later that afternoon after they'd done some scans and other things. And they said, Mr. Clark, you had a severe, severe attack, uh, probably one of the worst ones you've ever had. And I said, well, that would track with how I'm feeling. And they took me back to the room and told me it was time for me to go home. And I had to go meet with my research center and my research coordinators and my nurses and talk to them about what was next. Well, I was afraid, as I mentioned last week, that it meant that the drug wasn't working and that I was yet again, you know, out of luck that I had to find yet another medication that would work. And it, like I said, it's it's really frustrating to go to the hospital for anything, but when you go to the hospital and you feel like you have no hope, you feel like there's nothing that can be done, uh, it's it's devastating. And I, I don't know what it's like to go to a hospital and be given a diagnosis of a serious, serious illness that will kill me, but I can tell you that knowing that this disease can get out of control and can kill me is concerning when I went to the hospital and it was like, great, here's another medication that's just not working for me. It's just not going to be what I want it to do. It's not going to do what I want it to do. And I just kind of was in the car ride home thinking, here we go again. And so I go back to the research center the following day, and I sit down with the people there, and they said, Michael, we're pretty positive that you got the placebo. And I said, oh. And see, all of a sudden, I had hope because if I was getting the placebo, then there's no real way to know that the drug wasn't working, right? Because if I get the real thing, there's a good chance that the drug could work. And so I started to get excited because I thought, hey, this is good news. Even though I, I you know, had to go to the hospital and it wasn't most you know, enjoyable experience of my life. But I was able to sit there and say, I've got hope that this is not how my story ends. That I can go get this drug taken care of and be good. And so they talked to me about the procedure of what we were going to do. And how we were kind of going to go through that process. And I went home that day and I told my wife, I said, okay, placebo is what they're thinking. But I'm, I'm telling you, the title of this episode, if you saw it, is Placebo Stink. So let me, let me just rant to you for a little bit. Because I understand, and maybe some of you are in the medical field listening to this. And just bear with me here because it's, it's different when it's you. You know what I mean? Uh, placebo Stink. I mean, they, they're awful in my mind. I get why they're needed. I get why for a research study, you want to have a controlled group and a group of people that are getting not the real thing to make sure that it's actually going the right way and that the medication is as effective as it's being told and being said that it is. And so I, I get all of that. But boy, I don't like the fact that I've been told that I have one of the more severe cases of Crohn's and somehow, I just happened to get the placebo. I know it's all at random, and I, I get all of that. But still, you got to think about my luck for a minute. I, back in September of 2020, went to visit Caleb for our promo video that we launched to announce the Scattered Abroad Network. And when I went up there, I started to notice about an hour and a half from my way you know, to his house that my truck wasn't stopping normally, that it was kind of not staying in place. And so I thought, well, I'm two hours from home. I'm an hour and a half from Caleb. I can do that math in my head. It seems like it's easier to just go ahead and go to Caleb. So I went to Caleb, 
we take the truck in, and I told Caleb that night before we went in the next morning to the auto body shop in town, I said, look, I'm just going to warn you. I'm probably going to be here for a few days because my luck is that that's exactly what's going to happen. And so we take the truck in and we get it looked at and everything's working. And he says, hey, we'll put some brake fluid in and you'll be fine. I said, perfect. Put the brake fluid in, still wouldn't stop easily. He comes back and looks at it and says, yeah, your brake line's severed. And the good news is we can fix it, but the bad news is it won't be here till Monday. Now, I went up on a Thursday night. Poor Kalen and Caleb had to take care of me for almost five days by the time I left on Monday afternoon and put up with me for that period of time. But I told them then, I have some of the worst luck possible. If it can happen to anybody, it's going to happen to me. I felt the same way about the placebo. Of course I would get the placebo. Of course it would just happen to be me as part of that controlled group that's getting not the real thing to see if this is all in my head. And so it's frustrating because I'm sitting there thinking, can I catch a break once, just once with this thing? Because here I've got another hospital bill. I've got another thing to take care of. I've got another problem that's going on. And now we're going to talk about this in the next episode. But now I've got to go through what they're calling a rescue period, where if that fails, good luck. New study. And so I just was mad that placebos were even a thing. But when I think about the Bible and I think about all of the people who dealt with problems in the scriptures, I think about what Job said in Job 14 and verse 1 where he says, man who is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. Stop and think about that for a moment. Did Job lose more than I have? Yeah. I hope and pray that I am never in the situation of Job because that man lost so much. Even in all honesty, by my estimation, he lost a good relationship that he had with his wife for the short time because she even said to curse God and die. Your own wife is telling you to curse God and die. That's got to be demoralizing. That's got to be frustrating. And he says in Job 14.1, man who's born of woman, he's a few days and he's full of trouble. Kind of basically saying, why should this surprise any of you that I'm dealing with this? Why should you be concerned or shocked? This is par for the course. And when I came out of that hospital and I came out of that research center and I had been told, hey, you, you're probably on the placebo, I needed to remind myself that, hey, there's hope, first of all. But second of all, this is the most amount of trouble that I dealt with because of it. That's pretty good, to be honest with you. And I look at Psalm 27, and as I mentioned, we're going to look on the verses that we were supposed to look at last week. But you look at Psalm 27 and verses 11 through 14, and the Bible says, Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and such as breathe out violence. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. I needed to know and needed to remind myself, and still to this day have to do so, that I can wait upon God and trust that God's going to carry me through. Look, at the time that I'm recording this, it's 2021, and it's January of 2021, and things don't look much better so far in the new year. I know you're going to be listening to this in April, but things don't look so much better at the time that I'm recording it. 
There's a lot of strife and frustration about who's in office or who didn't get reelected or whatever you want to talk about. But here's my problem. Here's my question that I have to put before you. Do I trust in God enough that even if a man that I don't want in office is serving in that capacity, that I trust that God will find a way to see this country to the other side? Do I really believe that despite who is in office, despite what their beliefs are, despite what their policies are, that God can be greater than those circumstances and that just perhaps, just maybe, we can find a way, despite all that's going on in our country and all the division that we seem to see in our country, that we can find a way to show that God is greater than our circumstances? Maybe you believe that the last four years were some of the worst of your life because of who was in office. Can God carry us through difficult circumstances? And the answer is yes. If God can do that with a country, and we've seen through scriptures that he preserves his people, if God can do that with a country, no matter who serves in office, no matter what laws are put into pass and put into place, no matter what happens, no matter who rules in the kingdoms of men, ultimately it's still God that is over that man who rules in the kingdoms of men. You look at Daniel chapter 4 and Daniel chapter 5, and you can find that out. So if God can do all of that, he can't carry you through your specific difficulty. He couldn't carry me through my specific difficulty. Come on. I've said this all season, and I'm going to continue to say it because it's basically the theme phrase of this season that God is greater than your circumstances. And we can be upset about the policies that are put into place that we believe are immoral. You can be upset about what happened over the last four years, over the last 20 years. You can be frustrated about the division that's in this country. But if you and I don't trust in God, then can we really say we're people of faith? If we put all of our hope into who gets elected or reelected, can we really say that we're Christians or aren't we just politicians, the followers of politicians? The president's not going to save your soul. Only Jesus can do that. He's not going to preserve you completely. Even if every policy that a president put in place was for the direct benefit of the people, he still couldn't spare everybody. Only God can carry you through those problems. And that's why we don't have to be looking to men. That's why we're told over and over again in the New Testament and in the Old Testament to focus on the Father, not on man. God is supreme. And because he could take care of me through my circumstances, I know he can take care of you during yours. I don't know what's going on in your life. I'm not sure. But I know this. If you have a need, if you have a problem reach out to us. You can look in the show notes and find our email address. You can find our social media links that will take you to where we're at on our social media platforms that are out there. You can find us in a variety of different ways and reach out to us in a variety of different ways. Do so. We'll be happy to talk to you. I don't know what's causing you to suffer today, but I do know that if you wait on the Lord and are of good courage, he'll strengthen your heart. And if you focus on pleasing him now, your eternity can be far better. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. 
If you would like to email us, you can do so at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. That's thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. Remember, you can check the show notes below for all of our social media platform links. Also, don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms, and please leave us a rating or review. We hope and pray that this has helped you grow closer to Christ, even though we are scattered abroad. May God bless you.